0: Morning, Stockholm Community Church. Carolyn Dunn here, and I have the privilege of serving as the lead pastor of this amazing international church in Stockholm. If you have been looking for a church, guess what? You don't need to look any further. You have found the church where you belong. Now, how can I say that so confidently? Well, I can say that because we have an amazing church where the members of our church week in and week out, they live out generous lives with their time, with their resources, they are generous, they are authentic, they live in unity, they honor each other and uh, this is a place where you can grow where you can grow in your faith grow in your relationships and get to see god to do something big and something amazing so if you are tuning in for the very first time this morning we want to say an extra welcome to you for our regular attenders will you guys let me know here in the chat that you are watching with us this morning I miss seeing you, I miss giving you hugs on Sundays. So we are gonna do a virtual hug this morning. And uh, we kinda do this chat to be a way to connect with each other, greet each other. So two different ways this morning, you can sit back and just enjoy the service this morning, take notes in your notebook, sit there with your Bible, or you can be active in the chat and commenting. This is the first time I think we're really, you know, as we're doing this online stuff, giving you permission to talk during the service. Uh, But so good to have you here this morning. At the end of the service, we are gonna do communion. So make sure you stick around for that because it is a special way here for us to celebrate the life and death and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, there's been a lot of stuff going on the last few weeks in our world. Actually, the last few months. You know, year started out great and then we got into this pandemic. And as you've probably been seeing across the news and your social media feeds, social injustice that has been taking place. We here in the Dunn family, we've been having a lot of conversations we have um, not avoided the hard topics, but we've actually dove into the hard topics and really said, you know what? We are going to choose to be followers of Jesus Christ who um, don't shrink back, but who say, you know what? We want to be in a place where we can understand where other people are and where there is unjust- injustice. We are going to do what we can to stand up against it. I love the scripture verses in Micah where it says, um, you know, seek justice, love mercy and walk humbly with your Lord. And that is a goal that we have here in the Dunn household. And that is my prayer for us as believers of Jesus Christ, that we would do that. We would seek justice, but we would also love mercy. And then we would walk humbly with the Lord. Galatians 3:26 is, is one of those verses that you read, and, and it is such a good reminder for us of what the Word of God says and what the Word of God says about all human life, not dependent on uh, skin color, not depending on our socioeconomic status, not dependent on our cultural upbringing. But Galatians three, verses 26 through 29 says this. For you are all children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. So when we believe in Jesus, all of a sudden that brings us in that we are all children of God. And all who have been united with Christ and the baptism have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes. The old is dead, the new is here because Christ now lives in us. And it continues in verse 28. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you all are one in Jesus. The Message Bible says it this way. Among us, you all are equal. And that's what we are. There is no hierarchy in the kingdom of God. God doesn't love one person more than another. He loves us all. He died for us all, and it is so important when we look at the people around us, the people in our lives, the people in our society, in our city, in our country, in our world, when we get to look at them, we get to see Jesus in them, and none of us are worth more than another. We are all equal in Jesus, and guess what? We are all valuable. The Bible also talks about make sure that you laugh with those who laugh and that you mourn with those who mourn. And so my encouragement is when someone around you is hurting, take the time to listen. Don't come with your solutions or your opinions, but take the time to listen. We have two ears, one mouth. Might be a purpose for that. We need to hear more than what we need to talk. And then to really mourn with those who are struggling. I've been listening to a lot of different podcasts uh, over the last few weeks, been listening to a lot of different people who look different than me, have had a different upbringing than me. And man, the pain and the hurt that I have heard from them, man, my heart breaks. And so in that I have a choice. Do I sit still or do I do something about it? And I think we can see throughout scripture, Jesus says, you know, do the right thing, be good, don't sit back, speak up for those who cannot speak. And so church, that is my encouragement to us today, that we would not remain silent when we see injustice, but that we would speak up and we would do something about it. And so today, what we're going to do is we are heading into a brand new series And this series is the fruits of the spirit. So we're going to lead with the fruits of the spirit. Anyone know them? Can anyone rattle off all of the fruits of the spirit? There's a lot of them and there's a lot of them that gives us an opportunity to let God move and do things in our lives. So Galatians 5, let's, let's take a look. What are all of these fruits of the Spirit? Galatians 5, verses 20 through to 26. It says this, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our life. So the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the fruits of the Spirit. And then it says this, There is no law against these. So guess what? You can't have too much kindness, too much love, too much patience, too much self-control. You can't have too much. It's not like, oh, you've loved too much. Cut it off. No, it says there is no law against this. And I love it. It continues here in verse 24. And it says this, those who belong to Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and they have crucified them there. You see, our sinful desires, our, um, our, our nature, we nail it to the cross so that we can live with the fruits of the Spirit. And I love it. It says here in verse 25, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Now the beautiful thing here about the fruits of the spirit, it's not that one fruit is more important than the other. Well, I'm gonna really focus on love, but we're gonna annoy the fruit of the spirit called self-control. I'm gonna really focus on joy, because I like to be joyful. But patience, that's not the fruit of the Spirit I want to work on. No, 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 no. These are all the fruits of the Spirit. And actually, if you look at it, it's the fruit of our lives, what we will be known for. And so the important thing here this morning as we talk about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, we cannot listen to the Holy Spirit in one area of our life and then ignore the Holy Spirit in another area of our life. Now, before we dive into the first fruit of the spirit love here, I want us to take it just a little step back because why do we have the Holy Spirit? Why did God send the Holy Spirit? We see first in John chapter 14 in verses 15 through 17, Jesus gives the promise of the Holy Spirit. He says, I'm going to ask God to send an advocate for you. One that will not leave you. And he says, the Holy Spirit, he leads you in all truth. And so that's the important thing to remember. As the Holy Spirit leads us, he leads us in all truth. In Acts 2, verses 1 through 4, Pentecost Sunday was just here last weekend. And this is what happened at Pentecost. The believers were meeting in one place. And all of a sudden... This gush of wind and these tongues of fire came upon all of those believers, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they started speaking in other tongues, and it was the Holy Spirit who gave them this ability. So Jesus said, hey, I'm not going to be with you, but I'm going to send you an advocate. I'm going to send you a helper. He's with you right now, but he's going to live in you. And then we see that in Acts chapter 2, how the Holy Spirit comes upon all of the believers. And so that is what the Holy Spirit does, right? He is our advocate. So that what? So that we can walk in the fullness of who Jesus is and what he has for us. And so why live by the fruit of the Spirit? It's the best way to live. We see here in Galatians 5, it says verse 13. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But do not use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. So the first fruit of the Spirit that we are going to tackle here this morning, that we're going to dive into, is love. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Now here's the deal. Some of you, oh, we've already talked about love. I got this love thing down, Carolyn. let's take a little bit look at what the scripture says about love. Romans 12, an amazing chapter. Uh, I encourage you to read the whole chapter of Romans 12. We're going to focus specifically on verses 9 through 10. And this is what it says. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good love each other with a genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Huh? I think some of the Stockholm community key values was in that verse, but you see love actually requires a whole lot of us. Jesus said in Luke 10 verse 27, he said, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your strength and all of your mind. And you need to love your neighbor. As yourself those are the greatest two greatest commandments that he gives us in the New Testament first love the Lord with all that you are and then love your neighbor as yourself so what is love more than a feeling okay nope not gonna sing but you know what? we have heard so many different songs about love so what is love and before now I know some of you you may have gone. We know love, we know how to define love, here's the deal. And you're gonna hear me get really serious here, church, in a way that maybe you don't hear me. But if you do not fully understand that God loves you, you will never be able to love other people the way God wants you to love them. Jesus loves you, and more than some cute little, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible, Yes, the Bible does tell us that, but it's more than a cute little song. The God of the universe, the creator of the world, the Savior, he loves you. He loves you. There is nothing about you that he does not love because he created you. There is nothing he is holding back from you because he loves you. Jesus loves you. And why does he love you? Because you are created in his image. And so as we look at what is love, we can look at an amazing example that Jesus shows us through the Good Samaritan. And it's the story of the Good Samaritan that I think a lot of us probably know. A man, a Jewish man was traveling on the road, he was attacked by some robbers. And then He was left to die on the side of the ditch. Several different men walked by, a religious leader, a rich person, but no one stopped until the Samaritan stopped. And so the Samaritan, he stops and he sees this Jewish man laying there. He felt compassion. He went into, went to him. He soothed his wounds. You know what the Samaritan didn't do? He didn't look at the Jewish man and said, your own fault that you're traveling with so many valuables. You should have fought harder. Why couldn't you have avoided those robbers? (laughs) He didn't blame him for the situation he was in. But no, he soothed his wounds. He put ointment on his wounds. He put linen on his wounds. He put him up on his donkey and took him to the nearest inn. And at the inn, he continued to take care of him. And then he paid the innkeeper two pieces of silver and said, put this towards the care of this man. And if you need more, when I come through here again, I will pay my bill then. It wasn't what the Samaritan had planned on doing that day. He probably had somewhere he needed to go. And then I love it that the fact that Jesus uses a Samaritan in the story. Because the Jewish people and the Samaritans yeah, there wasn't much um, honor amongst them. The Jews looked down at the uh, Samaritans, kind of saw them as half-class citizens, and um, there was no reason for the Samaritan to stop. He saw right away it was a Jewish man. He could have kept on walking. Well, he didn't honor me. He's never respected me. He doesn't value me. But that's not what the Samaritan did. No, he, he stopped, and he did what the other men should have done, but didn't do. And that is the way that Jesus says, this is how I want you to love your neighbor. And he says in his word there in Luke chapter 10, he says, do this and you will live. When Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself, I have to love myself first. Now, this is not some, I love myself, I think I'm awesome, I think I'm great. It's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking fluffy love. I'm talking about that deep knowledge of knowing that Jesus loves you. Now, I'm going to rattle off a bunch of statements here to show you that Jesus loves you. Now, it could be a list that you hear me rattle off. Or it could be something that all of a sudden changes you and all of a sudden changes your life. I am a child of God. I am a friend of Jesus. I have been justified and redeemed. My old self was crucified with Christ and I am no longer a slave to sin. I have been set free, I have been accepted by Jesus, I am loved by God, I am a new creation in Christ, I am chosen, I am holy, I am blameless before God through Christ, I am redeemed, I am forgiven, I am God's masterpiece, I am a citizen of heaven, I have been made complete in Christ, I am blessed, I am chosen, and I am accepted. And here's the deal, as I read some of those statements, there were some of you, you went, no, that's not true about me. That might be true about someone else, but that is not true about me. I'm gonna tell you what, that is a lie from the pit of the enemy you are loved. You are accepted. You are redeemed. You are set apart. You are God's masterpiece. And so if there is something inside of you right now that says, well, that is not true for me, that is a lie that you need to give to the Lord. And you need to say, this is a lie that I choose to no longer believe because I am going to choose today to believe that I am loved by God because you are. And so when you are loved by God, you live with this abundance mindset. You live with this overflowing spirit that says, because I am loved, guess what? I can love others. Because I am loved, guess what? I can be kind. Because I am loved, I don't have to be jealous. Because I am am loved, I do not have to hold other people's wrongs against them because I am loved by the almighty God. And there is nothing that can change that there is nothing that can change that God loves me. So therefore I am secure. Therefore I am safe. And therefore I'm going to walk victoriously into any situation that I am in because I am loved by an almighty God. And when you walk with that mindset church, it changes everything. And that fruit of the spirit has this opportunity to grow, to become stronger, to become better. So how does that happen? I need to stay grounded in the word of God. I've got to let the word of God become the source of truth in my life. I've got to let the word of God, too, work in me. See, I can't just read the word of God and then I'd apply it. See, I don't want a bunch of head knowledge. I want head knowledge and heart knowledge and soul knowledge, all of that working together. And then there's going to be moments where I may miss the mark when it comes to letting the, the fruit of the spirit love grow. I may not always be patient. I may not always give my best. And what do I do in those moments? Guess what? I ask for forgiveness. I repent and I say, Jesus, I'm so sorry I missed the mark. I apologize to those people I hurt. Then guess what? I accept Jesus' forgiveness. And then I go back to step one. I get into the word of God. I apply the word of God. I repent when I miss the mark. I accept Jesus' forgiveness and I do it again. And guess what? As the fruit of the Spirit gets to grow, the fruit of the Spirit, it doesn't grow overnight like that. If you look at it, if I plant an apple tree, I put a seed in the ground, you know what? It's gonna take a while before it starts showing fruit. I have to nurture that tree, I gotta water that tree, I gotta protect that tree. Sometimes I gotta prune that tree. But as I do, I will begin to produce good fruit in my life. And that is what Jesus wants. He wants me to produce that good fruit, the fruits of the Spirit, in my life. And so we have an opportunity, church, to live out of the abundance of what God has done. 1 Corinthians 13. You've been to a Christian wedding. You most likely have heard someone read the Scripture verses out of 1 Corinthians 13. But it says this, Love is patient and kind. It's patient. So when I live out that fruit of the Spirit, I am patient and I am kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. I cannot say I love my neighbor and be rude to my neighbor. I just can't. I cannot say I love my spouse, but be full of pride and and, and not be kind. (laughs) Love, it continues to say here, does not demand its own way. Oh, we live in a society where it's like, well, I want to do my thing. I deserve this. I need this. But you know, when we love people, it's not about me. It's about us. It is not. Okay. Conviction right here. Love is not irritable. You have to repeat yourself for the 500th time. Do I sound a little irritated? Probably. If I'm real honest. But love isn't irritable. And here's the one that keeps no record of being wronged and here's the thing church when we live in the fullness of knowing that we are loved by God what other people do doesn't have to define who we are and what we do because Jesus defines that so when someone wrongs us guess what because we are overflowing and being loved and forgiven also by Jesus we can extend forgiveness And we don't have to hold a record of wrong and say, well, they did this and they did this and this, and I'm never going to trust them again. I'm not saying you don't need to have healthy boundaries. Definitely have healthy boundaries, but don't hold things against people. Set them free. Set yourself free. Love them. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever truth wins out. We don't want injustices. We want truth to win. And this is what I love about love. It never gives up. It never loses faith. It is always hopeful and endures in every circumstance. See, love isn't a fluffy little thing. It's not. Love is not fluffy. It takes character to love someone. It takes strength to love someone. It takes courage to love someone. It takes discipline to love someone. It takes a right mindset to love someone. And it starts with me first loving myself, realizing I am loved by Jesus, and then I can love someone else. So church, Let's be people who not just read this beautiful verses in 1 Corinthians, but let's live them out. So when people see what we post on our social media accounts, that's what we talk about in the cafeteria, is how we treat our neighbors, may they say, that's the kind of Christian I want to be. That's the kind of faith that I want to have. It is the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Not my fruits, the fruits of the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that works in me, helps me to become all of those things. And here's the thing, church. I don't lead the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit leads me. For those of you in the back, let me say it again. I don't lead the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit leads me. I am the one who has to be obedient to the prompting and to the guidance of what the Holy Spirit is asking me to do and to say and to become And why do I obey and listen to the Holy Spirit? Because He speaks for the Father and He is my advocate. And He knows that if I choose to align myself with what the Word of God says, it is the best life that I can live. I have to give room for the Holy Spirit to work in me. I have to give Him permission. And the more I listen to the Holy Spirit, the easier it becomes. Not easier in life, meaning I'm not gonna have obstacles or hardships, no. But easier to trust him to say he was with me here he's going to be with me there now how do i know if it's the holy spirit or just maybe the pizza i had last night it will always align itself with the word of god the holy spirit will never ask you to do something become something that does not align itself with the word of god never that's how you know if it's the holy spirit leading you or that slice of pizza you had last night So church, can we make a commitment to grow together in the fruits of the spirit, to let God move in us and do a great work in us? If you are watching this today and you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, guess what? He is ready. He is willing. He is able. He is right here. And all we need to do is to do a simple prayer to say, Jesus, come into my life. Become the Lord of my life. Become the Savior of my life. And as you become that savior in my life, I will ask you to forgive me of my sins and I will live every day becoming more like you. So if that is you here today, we have a link that you can click on in the comments. And when you can just let us know that you have made this awesome decision today. But will you pray with me if that is you today? And you say, I want this Jesus to love me. Well, guess what? He already loves you. I want to accept the love that Jesus has for me. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for us. Thank you for accepting each and every one of us. We come to you right now, and we ask you to forgive forgive us of our sins, to become Lord and Savior of our lives, and with the Holy Spirit's help to live today and going forward for you. Thank you, Jesus, for being my Savior. Amen. So congratulations if that was the very first time you have prayed that prayer or you are rededicating your life to the Lord. And church, we have a great opportunity to live in the fruits of the Spirit, to let Jesus shine in our words and our actions and what we do.